The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, we know this week events of what happened in Washington speaks loud and clear of what we find our nation and our people and what we're told, what we believe. Why are we really getting the full story, the full truth? The chief exorcist in Rome, Father Amorth, Gabriel Amorth, wrote a book called The Exorcist, More Stories. He was of the sound belief through his exorcisms of many that he's had in the stories that it's not just to be dealt with by exorcist. The culture rejects this. It believes things should be dealt with as mental illness. Amorth has one story about a family who was in the 1990s who had bought a new house and they heard loud banging and noises in the, against the shutters. The blows were so violent that the Rosses, the name of the family, believed someone was trying to break in. They called the police. 
The police heard them too, but there was no source, even though they identified the location of it. He recommended them call a psychic. The psychic comes out, does all this hocus-pocus stuff, and the effects of her visit was devastating. Things became physical against the family. Things grew worse. They went to the parish priest. He didn't believe them. They died to pray. It just got worse. They finally had to go to the bishop to resolve this. A lot of people don't realize, but every diocese in the, in the world is to have an official exorcist. Father Gabriel is famous because he's the exorcist in Rome and the Vatican. Well-respected and well-known. But if you've read his books and you know about him, he says it's just not the exorcism that they do when they do an exorcism, all right, an exorcist with an, his exorcism, but he works with psychology, or with, not psychology, but with psychiatrist. Because there's elements of people who are possessed that have that need to look at it from both places. And he's actually working with some psychiatrists in Italy. I don't have a lot for to say about psychiatrists or the good that they do. <clears throat> but there's some elements that he has to address in the performance of his exorcism that he works with them who understands exorcism and he understands uh, the field of psychology. And so they work together and he's very successful. Our lady's messages come to show us common sense to see the truth. We don't have many possessions in the United States in our history because we've been a Christian nation. In Europe, you have many. We have many experiences firsthand with possessions in Medjugorje and in Italy with Maria when we've been places. Some bizarre things. We often have youth on our pilgrimages in Medjugorje that's going along nonchalant until about the third or fourth, fifth day they're there. They go up on Yvonne's program meeting and they see somebody withered on the ground. They become believers in Our Lady to believe, hey, there's a devil. Because they know what they see, you can't fake it. And so we have this element. And everything that happens is mental illness. So we go to this Washington shooter, and it's mental illness. And that's what people explain. Oh, he's a nice guy. They're looking at us through psychiatric, psychiatric eyes and to try to explain it, <clears throat> or this or that. And the soldiers come back with these kind of uh, syndromes. Was it DTS or something or DST, whatever they call it. But everybody's discounting another element. Several nights before the shooting in Washington at the Navy Yard, he called the police himself because he had voices and noises in his room. Judas, according to the saints, heard voices in his head. The more evil you become or inclined or toward things or, or thinking this, these things can happen. No, we haven't seen it, and nobody reports it, because we were a Christian nation and are a Christian nation, but there's a process of dechristianization taking place that you'll see more and more evil. And it's from the devil. Not one person or one thing I've read or one person I've talked to said anything about evil elements of darkness on a supernatural level, cause this, or was a major player in it. And yet he calls himself the police because he's been hounded by these voices who want to get him. Do we know how to hear the news? 
Do we know how to decipher? You're religious, you're conservative. Nobody's talking about this. Nobody's addressing it. The devil was very much there that day. Very active in that. And the devil can work through mental illness. You have Down syndrome people who, who go to church, who are affected by that, and yet they're supposed to be not in their IQ on the same level. But suppose people who are inclined toward evil, or rather not toward evil, but toward there may be something mentally disturbing to them, but they're inclined toward prayer, that is protected to a certain degree of these things. What does this got to do with metagenomics? Everything. Because nobody's addressing this. We go over this just guy who's angry. He was pinned up or he had this problem when he was in the military. There's no devil involved. Nobody brings it up. Nobody addresses it. And most people and Christians don't even think of it. They don't know how to listen to the news. They don't know how to read the signs of the times. And so we have reports all over the place, just like this, oh, it's just mental illness, that the economy is kind of stabilizing. The economy has got a, a stability part aspect of housing now going. Things are up. Things are, things are not falling so much. There's slight increases here and there. And this, like this guy, it's just mental illness. It's just happened. One of those things that we should be really sad about. The news keeps you thinking things are going to continue. And it's just a hiccup. It's just a recession. It's just coming back. But if you look at the spiritual realm of everything, the greed, the economy, while we have things happening to us, the devil's very active in the economy. But no, we think it's... And when you minus that out, then you think man can fix it. When you add that to it, then you can realize man can't fix it. Only God can there needs to be an exorcism of the economy. There needs to be a purification. What happens? An exorcism. What happens? Exorcism. Satan falls. What happens to the economy? It's going to crash. It's got to be rebuilt. There's no way to fix it. And God can't reach us because we're so connected to cell phones. We're so connected to the internet. We're so connected to the world. He can't reach us. We're hearing other voices. We're not realizing that God has allowed the economy grow, go up, just like he said Noah built the ark, and he allowed him to build it, that the economy is balancing to give us the ability to get to the point where we can re be reached more by God's word and carried out, form one single people, form communities. This is the time of grace to act. But are you hearing the right voices? Are you following the right things and thinking? Some people are, and they're taking radical steps to do that. This comes from uh, an article entitled, Wait Until You Hear About the Radical Steps One Family Took to Unplug from Modern Technology. Whether you fidget with palpitating heart at the advent of the newest iPhone or don't yet have an email address, there's no denying that most aspects of our lives have technology attached to them and not always in healthy ways. And if you've ever observed kids sitting in groups with their heads buried in their digital devices, tapping away and not talking to each other, and adults tripping and falling on sidewalks doing the same thing, 
you know what the concerns are. A Canadian couple has seen the problem too. Blair and Morgan McMillan have two sons, Trey, five, and Denton, two. And even at their decidedly young ages, the McMillan boys were doing little else than spending time attached to their parents' iPhones and iPad, according to the Toronto Sun. And would you believe that these two little tykes would forgo the chance to play outside with Dad just so they could continue their technological ad- addictions? Believe it. That's kind of when it hit me, because I'm like, wow, when I was a kid, I lived outside, McMillan told the son. So the McMillans took away the iPhones and iPad and went back to a rotary dial telephone. But that's not all. They got rid of everything, all technology dating back to 1986, in fact, the year Blair and Morgan were born, which means no laptops, no tablets, no smartphones, no Internet. They use encyclopedias to get information. Not even that wonderful machine that makes delicious single cups of coffee in less than a minute. We're parenting our kids the same way we were parented, just to see what it's like, McMillan said. Think that's all? Not even close. They do their banking in person instead of online. They develop rolls of film for $20 a pop to be placed in photo albums instead of employing Instagram to chronicle their son's latest escapades on Facebook. They also journeyed across the United States using paper maps and subdued their sometimes unhappy boys with coloring books and stickers instead of the latest video game via screen built into front seat headrests. Though their car remains firmly ensconed in the 21st century, they don't have GPS on their 2010 Kia. Here's some more. They moved into a house built in the 80s where guests get a gander at their old school TV attached to Nintendo. Who could live without Super Mario, after all? And with a bright pink cassette player. And you think if you're an innocent visitor to Blair and Morgan's place that you'll be spared the technological fast? Think again. You must turn over your modern electronic devices so that they can be kept in a box until you're ready to leave. Of course, the kids' development was the initial concern, but with their habits turned, what do adults do for fun? Morgan has read 15 books since they embarked to the 80s last spring. Blair added that he was thinking of writing letters to his favorite bands for copies of their music on cassette. Their Spartan move has come with a price, literally. McMillan said he lost his business partner after he refused to use modern technology at work. So he's looking to send handwritten resumes in cursive to prospective employers. How long will Blair and Morgan keep up the time travel to the year 1986? Until April 2014, they say. If nothing else, there seems to be a rather curious result to this rather unique experiment. We're just closer, said Morgan. There's more talking. Imagine that. And believe it or not, the Macmillan household isn't the only outpost battling technological dependence. Wyoming Catholic College bans cell phones, televisions, and access to most websites in dorm rooms. Administrators allow only limited Internet connectivity throughout the small liberal arts campus for online research, according to Yahoo News. 
It's a release, really, not having a cell phone, said Aaron Milligan, a 20-year-old junior from New Hampshire. When you are no longer captivated by technology, you find your true and real self. Before the start of each school year, students give up their digital devices, which are locked in a box in each dorm room. Of course, students can check them out for emergencies or if they leave campus for travel. We are so tech-savvy these days, Milligan said. But something that is really prevalent is our inability to genuinely communicate at a human-to-human, face-to-face level. The voices you hear aren't always identified from the devil, but sometimes nice, and many times through technology. Sivan, who has said that you bring, uh, you let your, your children, you permit your children, do not permit your children to have access to Satan. How's that come? He comes disguised, great deceiver. Can you imagine his delight every day that he knows how many people would have prayed, could have prayed, but the technology stops that? So he doesn't always show himself in a big ugly pitchfork and forked tongue. It's deceiving. We were on an international mission without cell phones. No home computers. No these technologies. No computer games. And we're at peace. And many want to live like we do. We don't allow it in our school. They're actually teaching now in Common Core, which is a very evil thing. Everybody needs to do research on Common Core across this country, and you better go to your state legislators and you better fight it. Very dangerous. But they're going to write teaching cursive. And teaching people how to write cursive. Because I don't want people to read that. Why? Because if you do, you can read the Declaration of Independence. You can read the Constitution. They literally are teaching, and dropping this from the curriculum. As well as books, encyclopedias. We don't need it. It's technology. I remember going to rent a car. They had a free upgrade for GPS. I said, I don't want it. It's free. I don't want it. But it's free. I said, I don't want it. I want a map. They looked at me like I was from Mars. What's wrong with this guy? I can read a map. And if something happens, I'm going to be able to get where I need to get to. Can you? There's people that really don't even know how to read a map no more. And you might think you're at the age where you can. A lot of people can't. It's going away. We're dumbed down. Just like I think it's Will Smith who just recently said, the liberal, that the schools should be shut down, they're not educating the kids, they just dumb them down. An amazing thing. A lot of people upset about this guy, what he said. Very upset. He said they're just tools to brainwash. Can you believe that? Everything must be reevaluated today, both in the church and in the culture, and first in the church which propagates through its institutions, its colleges, very, very bad things and bad doctrine. In fact, it's the first to do it. The way the church goes, the culture goes. We're to blame. And that's what all he's coming to show us, to pray enough, to see enough, to be holy enough to realize when we hear about this guy shooting and we do a little digging on it, that we cannot discount there was some satanic activity in this. 
the devil himself, Lucifer. Oh, it's just psychological. It's just for psychiatrists to deal with. They know better. They can explain it. It's only for them, not us. We don't know enough to know. We're dumbed down and we accept what we hear and we're guided by what they say things will cause us and why they end up where they end up. Where are we as a people? In big trouble. And our economy's in big trouble, even though things are looking pretty decent right now. And you're putting food on the table, most people. Well, you are, even if you're not. The government's assisting you. They want your vote. They want you to be dependent. And we can go on and on about these things. Frank, you there? Yeah. Our lady gives us the answer to where the economy's headed. When she tells us in the greatest time of economic stress to read Matthew 6.24. And so we read every Thursday not to worry. Not to worry about what we're to eat or what we're to wear. But all these things take money, and we're in this great time of economic stress. And the way that we know that it's not recovering is because Our Lady or, or Matthew gives us the answer. And the answer is to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours besides. So when policies go a direction against God, like Obamacare and these things, you know for sure that those that aren't seeking God have, have great worry and great anxiety about the future. And so we can do things to heal our economies locally through the writings, and, and particularly they fired the first shot. It ain't going to happen. Uh, both these together are very important, and look what happened while you're sleeping is very important, to seeking first the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But we have to, as Our Lady said, not be inactive or not have to repent for the things that we're not doing locally. And I don't want to say too much about they fired the first shot 2012 for those that haven't read it. But the answer is very clear. It's very clear that we need to be in, um, in the prayer groups, in the direction that Our Lady's calling us to be. And we communicate these things locally to the, to the elected officials locally, and we can change our local economy. We can change our local economy through getting the message of it ain't going to happen locally. And the only way that we can do what the Declaration of Independence is calling us to do in our time, and that's to replace, to, to provide new guards, is to begin to do it locally and to do the things that the book is telling us. So this is so important now that uh, we read this and reread it until we understand, because many of the things that we're doing locally are not specifically spelled out in the book, but they certainly have led us to an understanding of what we can do and what we need to do and um, what we can't, uh, you know, uh, bow away from or, or shy away from and what we cannot bow down to. And there's local tyranny going on that in my county, you know, we don't have a right to pay a traffic ticket. We have to fight it because there's taxation through citation. And, uh, and so these things you can find out locally where is tyranny going on and what, what's the way to address it. Who is our elected official that can help us? They fired the first shot in 2012. Gives us this direction. Well, we have a president that is totally void, devoid of wisdom. You say, well, everybody says he's intelligent. Well, that's what the tree of knowledge said. He won't give you knowledge. Knowledge is not necessarily of God. Wisdom is. Wisdom is God. And you can't have wisdom if you're advocating the things that Obama advocates. It's wickedness. He advocates wicked, evil things. 
You don't think it's wicked and perverted what he wants to do with marriage? You don't think it's wicked and perverted what he wants to do with, with even saying about his kids they have to decide when he was speaking in reference to abortion? If they messed up during the campaign? This is a father. This is a president. Can you imagine our president even saying this? And any of the past presidents, even though some of them weren't very good at all. No, there was enough intelligence and knowledge where they had the lack of wisdom that you don't do that. But he's fully embraced every deviant behavior that can be done and then condemns the Washington killer when he contributes to it. We're all contributors to evil by our sins. That's not a question. But when you're in a position of public policy and making laws and doing things as evil, forcing people against their their conviction and religious belief and their conscience that they're going to be paying for other people's abortion and birth control and on and on and on. How could he give judge good judgments and good sound uh, law or direction as a president? So we're in trouble. We have at the head of the hem of our ship, this nation, somebody with people in his cabinet and other bureaucrats with them that is intent on a libertarianism slant. People would say, don't call him that because they're libertarians. But I mean, a sense that whatever anybody else wants to do can do. There's got to be bounds. There's got to be a moral code. There's got to be something that we say we don't cross that line as a culture. Because when you do, and it happens, you'll put God into doing something else to correct it. And that's why we're in trouble. That's why the economy is being graced by God, just like the wicked people are living during Noah. They're graced by, with time for Noah's sake. The culture that's evil, what they're doing and perpetuating it, is graced with time to continue for the sake of those God is rescuing through our lady's messages. And one way out of that is to get immediately your financial situation separated from the system. It's the system. Obama's one man, but he's part of a system that even guides him. He's not in charge. He's guided. He's told what to do. The whole system is going that way. Nobody can stop it. Evil wants to rule. I like said later, evil is coming to rule. Or pride wants pride is coming to rule, which is a system. So you have to create your own system. Your own economic thing. Like Frank was just saying, locally. It's what Caritas here has done. It's our system. We can go around for a whole week with that a dollar in our pocket and be eating. Because we wanted the virtue of saving the money for the mission. And so we meet a lot of our own needs we can, the best we can. Not completely, but as far as we can at this moment. Agrarian-wise, through agriculture, through our agrarian way of life. We're not farmers. We don't farm. We're subsistence. We live a subsistence living by growing what we need to do, from growing the grass to feed the cow, the cow feeds us, or gives us milk. So one thing you can make a move on to get there is is to change on what you have. Get your retirements out and turn it into silver. The miraculous metal measure where silver round. One ounce, pure silver. I, I was told the other day somebody was advertising their own silver piece. They designed it. And um, they're, a big name, they're a big name out there. 
And, of course, we've had this out probably for two and a half, three years now. And I think there's over two million of them have been exchanged for people's wealth to exchange it for the silver, which is intrinsically valued. The other's not. It's just a dollar paper. But we've seen many moves in the economy from the bigs and the greats to the small because it ain't got to happen. It's the pebble in the middle of the pond that ripples all the way out to the edge. It's made an impact on the nation financially. The first year the book was out, we were responsible for 2% of the sales of the, across the whole world of silver rounds. 2%. There's some big companies like Dillon Gage that sell silver and silver rounds. And what we do through our mission here, through what we got Frank doing as a ministry, outsells them in the amount, amount of rounds being sold. And I say sold because they're not sold. They actually exchange. You exchange your money for that. You don't, you don't buy it. You're getting something. Frank? Yeah, what's amazing is it was 2% of all silver bullion. And uh, I don't even know what high percentage it would have been of silver rounds. Oh, so but it wasn't just rounds. It's everything there. All, all the silver bullion for investment. But um, well, Somebody might think 2%, but we're talking worldwide, 2%. This mission moved... The market metal is going around, including the bullion you're saying. Of, of, yeah, percent of, of what sales. Of what alleged, yeah, the the average of what was going in when the book was released, it was two percent of the 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 ten year average um, in in bullion, all silver for investment. And all that people moved out but, of the four hundred one k, they moved their retirement, they got their savings, they put it in, and they're all happy. Mm -hmm. And it, this unnatural system has just the Fed announced that they will continue to devalue your dollar by $85 billion a month. and it, it's me, me, Meaning what? That they're going to continue to create money out of thin air. Paint, and, print it. Yeah, and the, the natural law of supply and demand means that... The more dollars. It's essentially infinite, then the supply, the demand is always greater than the supply, and it, and it will always be devalued. Silver's the exact opposite. The supply is finite, and it is such an important industrial metal, and it is God's monetary system, it is within natural law, that um, silver becomes more rare every day, and the dollar becomes more abundant or more infinite every day, and we know what's going to happen, particularly when we're headed to this socialized medicine concept that will rapidly destroy the economy. It's elementary. It's, it's elementary reasoning. If you have milk, and the grocery store don't sell it, and across the state there's a surplus, and across the nation there's a surplus, the price of milk will go down for people to move it. And the more you surplus you have, the cheaper it gets. The less you have, the more rare it gets. Same thing with oil. The barrels of oil, the more it's produced, the price goes down. When you hear somebody even threaten a war in Egypt or wherever. What happens to the price? It goes up because they know this may be this may lower the, the quantities being pumped or, or being delivered or be able to be transported because of the war, the interruption of war. So price goes up. So it's just that simple. The dollars being printed eighty five billion extra dollars, not not money exchanges tore up and we gotta go change it and put new money out there. This is new money being printed on presses that doesn't exist, not backed by silver, not backed by gold, it's just paper. Eighty five billion dollars per month. The richest man in the United States is Bill Gates, seventy seven million. Um uh, what's his name in Mexico City? He's the richest guy. He's about eighty billion. 
uh, Skip, I can't think of his name now. Carlos Slim. Slim, Slim, Carlos Slim. Uh, these guys, the the government has printed one month supply of what the richest people in the world have. And so this devalues, in other words, because there's more gallons of milk, there's more dollars out there, the value of the dollar buys less. It's not going to buy, it's not going to increase the economy. And so this can just go on for so long. So just elementary, you figure if you've got a lot of stakes out there, you're not buying them, the grocery store puts out more stakes. To move those things, they got to drop the price. And that's what's happening. Silver is just the opposite. They're selling it on paper by the, by the millions and millions and hundreds of millions of, of paper rounds that doesn't exist. It's, you might as well cut a piece of paper and give it to somebody. The actual silver... Solid silver is diminishing, and it cannot cover even the paper, not even close to it. So when everything does crash, the silver that's held by the people is going to go through the roof. But our, our goal is not to get you in silver or not to miraculous metamorphosis to go around. We're doing that for conversion, to put your means of exchange in that. Our goal is that you get to the land. That's better than silver, because if you can eat, you can grow grass. Cow eats grass. You eat cow. You can make it. And you have to be one single people in community. Because don't think you can do this alone. You have to get in a prayer group. They fire the first shot forms at. And you need to move on these things immediately. I know a lot of people out there are wondering, where is the website? They fire the first shot.com. It's coming. We're working actively on it. We want to get it out because we have a lot of people waiting to connect the people in their county. You may not know them. Maybe three blocks away from you. But hopefully in sometime in October... Our first phase is going to be, well, when is that going to be released? It should be uh, a week or two. So we're hoping to have that. We're pushing really, really hard on it. And then you get in the CSPG, which is what you know. You read the book. You get in your prayer groups. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. Our email is globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Physical demand picks up this time of year, and we'd definitely like to hear from you. Um, if the supply and demand fundamentals uh, determine the price, will be much higher um, in, in the months to go, you know, going forward. So call us. Um, I'd like to be on the phone more than I've been this summer. So uh, if you need to talk to me, just ask for me, and I will call you back. So any of your financial questions or what we've discussed today, you can call and talk to Frank about the financial side of it and get yourself immediately rescued from the system. Don't think your 401k is going to stay there. You need to get it out. Even if you have to quit your job and go back to work at the same place or another place, it's that big a deal if you want to keep it. So second, already the 25th is coming up. What's, what's today? So it'll be next week. We also have our fast coming up. I'll be praying for that, praying for our mission, pray for what we do here in a special way. We love you. We wish you a lady. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.